Welcome to episode 36 of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. In this episode, we will talk about the NFL draft results. Some surprising stuff came out of this, but we will begin talking about, well, Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's not what I thought I would be talking about when I started out this uh, uh, outline in this podcast, but, uh, well, he kind of stole the show early on because that's basically what my phone was blowing up on Twitter, social media, every basically breaking news app. When you open up anything, it was Aaron Rodgers, Rift Aaron Rodgers, one's out of Green Bay, every talk show, Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that, ESPN, Aaron Rodgers, Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. And I just want... Now, I understand that I am a Minnesota Vikings fan. So, I'm going to basically point an emphasis. I will put that out there on the street. I I don't like him to begin with. But, I'm going to make a point of emphasis on why we need to calm down on this. Because, he... I will... And... I understand that I am a fan-based podcast. But to this point, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest arrogant prick on the planet that people just basically baby him over and over and over again. And I find it amusing that certain <laughs> certain media members just ignore his piss poor baby attitude because he has all of this talent and he's doing pretty much the same exact thing that Brett Favre did but you're just going to gloss over it because you just you hated Brett Favre but you love Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers can do no wrong and Brett Favre is just, uh, just an egomaniac. But I, I just, I find it amusing because Aaron Rodgers needs more help. Aaron Rodgers has such a horrible defense. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anyone that can do anything. They haven't given him any talent. They haven't given them any first-round help. I think that's probably the most asinine and most overrated statistic that any any of the networks throw up on the screen that, oh, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown a touchdown to like any stat of a talent in his career, um, whatever, when they put throw that stat up. It, I, I hate that with a pure passion because the fact of the matter is is when the Packers normally with Aaron Rodgers they have finished um they've been to the NFC championship game in twenty ten uh twenty fourteen hold on I'm close uh, sorry uh two thousand fourteen uh two thousand and sixteen uh two thousand nineteen and two thousand and twenty when you keep consistently are in those playoff games that late, you're going to be drafting in the later rounds. So obviously the offensive players, you're not going to get the top tier players all of the time. So not necessarily you're going to be getting, and there was a, I really wish I would have saved the tweet, but so, uh, there was a guy on Twitter that had the statistics that like most of their second and third round picks went towards offensive players anyway. It was like 18 players out of the last four years. So I'm like, grow the fuck up, people. It's just the the media, I understand political media sometimes just outrageously are, are so slanted in one way but when it comes to Aaron Rodgers the media just slants in such one way narratives that they just 
don't use actual facts and they it's just extremely frustrating because when you look at Aaron Rodgers he always has a great offensive line that and when you look at the entire propensity when you look at Aaron Rodgers' whole career his offensive line has been great good to great that has pretty much never been a worry for Aaron Rodgers. And that's one credit you can give for Green Bay. Because they have that right. And you can also argue for Brett Favre too. They've always had solid offensive lines. And for running game. And uh, run, they've had uh, they have pretty much always a solid. Not the greatest running games in the world. But they've always had solid consistent running games. And. I mean, there was a few mid-tier game, mid-years, the last few years, Aaron Rodgers, that uh, a little rough in there, but now they settled that. I mean, it wasn't the greatest running game in the world, but at least now they have a thousand-yard rusher. But anyway, can, can, can we get to the truth of Aaron Rodgers? Because throughout his entire career, people have been trying to rate him the t- better than Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, and I want to puke. And I just, I understand that he has a lot of talent. And he's won the Super Bowl. It was, let, let, let's look at this beginning. He was drafted. And you could tell, and I, I kind of, I, I actually heard, well, let's get back to this. You know, Colin, Colin Collard, I, I know a lot of people don't like him, but, he had a good point when I heard when I heard this point, and I, I agree with him on this take. He's from California, and a lot of California dudes are you know more little liberal, progressive guys, and a lot of Packer individuals are a little bit more conservative, not necessarily Republican, but they're more liberal. Or sorry, they're more conservative in their approach because. They want to protect the brand. That's why for the Packers business model, they grow within. That's why they're so protective of the draft picks. That's why they don't necessarily go out and get free agents. And that's how they do their business model. And that's why Aaron Rodgers, and you can always say Brett Favre to a certain extent, that's always why it's always been a little bit of a conflict when you have those personalities in there where they want to go 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 well that's always going to be a conflict and that's kind of what Colin Cowherd you know was making a point of and that's always why there's always been a little bit of a rift in there so let's let's get to Aaron Rodgers here does he have incredible arm talent yes does he have incredible skill but what is he missing from Tom Brady and he's missing the teammate factor, he's missing the it factor, and he's just missing the all-around charismatic personality that Tom Brady, even Peyton Manning has. He's missing that, and that quality of an individual is that piece right there is something that overrides natural ability. And for years... You know, he's been riding on on the talent. It's just not going to get him as far. I mean, you've seen there's there's been um, teammates lately. Uh, they've been quiet the last couple of years, but uh, about three, two, three years ago, there were actually teammates taking shots at Aaron Rodgers. I have never heard of a teammate taking shots at Drew Brees, taking shots at Peyton Manning, taking shots at Tom Brady, taking shots at any of uh, John Elway. I I just, you know you have a massive ego problem when you're having former teammates taking shots at you. And that is a problem. So let's look at the my issues with, sorry for the noise, my dog is playing with a squeaky toy apparently. But Let's look at the narrative for the Aaron Rodgers that needs to stop. 
I understand that not many people are going to listen to this, but I don't care because at least if it's out there, it's out there. His first playoff game was against the Arizona Cardinals. It was a high-scoring game. Now, I will admit, the they uh, they did get screwed. Uh, there was a face mask against Rodgers that wasn't called. But either way, uh, it was a solid game, but, but they still lost. They lost 51-45. Um, I, you know, that was one of those ones where it was, it's just a bad call. I, I, it was going to be up in the air. They, they were going to lose the following week. Anyway, the, the Vikings, the Vikings were a better team anyway. All right, let's get to 2011. And they went on the road. And this is the one thing I'll say about this game. If Michael Vick can throw the ball a, a foot higher in the air, the Philadelphia Eagles win that game. It was a 21-16 game. I was watching that game at my in-law's house, and if he can throw the ball just a little higher, the ball's not intercepted, but he doesn't intercept the ball. Uh, the Falcons were the number one seed the following week in the divisional round. Now, the Packers won 48-21. They had a better offense than the Falcons. The Falcons that year... They were they were not a number one number one seed. They, they really weren't. They they were kind of similar to the Tennessee Titans around that same time. Were also number one seed. They they were a team that were winning a lot of close games. But when um, they came up a team with a better offense, they got drilled forty eight to twenty one. And you could tell the Atlanta Falcons didn't really have much of an offense because. They basically um, mortgaged their future to draft Julio Jones in the very next draft, and that's what happened. So, And then when you get to the 2010 NFC Championship game, Jay Cutler has to go down, and they're on their third-string quarterback, and they the Packers barely won that game 21-14. And then we get to the Super Bowl this stretch, I'm still confused on what uh, Ryan Clark is doing in the end zone. I, I'm still confused. Uh, Troy Polamalu is playing on one leg. So when I look on this stretch of the playoffs for Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, but in essence of when you're playing third, fourth string quarterbacks, when you're playing Ryan Clark, who has no idea what the fuck he's doing, Troy Polamalu is playing on one leg, Big Ben is not playing well in big games at this point in time. Actually, to a certain extent, he still has that problem. Um, The Atlanta Falcons weren't that good in offense. And then you're playing Michael Vick, who just wasn't that good uh, good of a quarterback. This was the greatest, luckiest lineup in that. I mean, to me, the luckiest lineup of teams of all time when you are going up against on road teams. That to me. If Jay Cutler doesn't get hurt, the Bears are winning that game. If the Atlanta Falcons have a little better offense, Atlanta's winning that game. If Michael Vick is a little better quarterback, Philadelphia's winning that game. If the Steelers have any idea what they're doing as a team, the Steelers are winning that Super Bowl. So so but the problem with this Super Bowl run is the problem area here is this narrative is building is Aaron Rodgers is going to be the greatest of all time. He has the skill. He has this talent. It's the greatest Super Bowl. Um, it's the greatest run of all time. And this momentum is building. And when you go to the following season, it's great. They're undefeated. They're, they're going great. And, but there's some problem areas within the season. Um, uh, the The division is terrible. the 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 Bears are awful. The Lions are awful, and the Vikings, who are my favorite team, are realistically they're picking up players off the street. I mean, Donovan McNabb is skipping passes to people. They're starting Christian Ponder, and then, uh, but you can, but because. Aaron Rodgers is 15 and one is oh uh, so anyway they get to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs 
and then they lose. And it's like, oh, the world's going to end. So they get a bye week, and then Aaron Rodgers gets a playoff game at home, and you think that it's going to be, uh, you know, winner take. Uh, you think they're just going to blow over the Giants. Oh, no. The Giants play man coverage, and uh, the Packers lose 37-20. to 20. They're dominated. And the funny thing about this game is people kind of gloss over this loss over the history of time. And, yes, the Giants won the Super Bowl this year, but, you know, the funny thing about this loss is they people give Aaron Rodgers, like, the biggest excuses in the world for this loss, and some of this is on him. He did not play well this game, and they kind of complain about him not getting many home playoff games throughout his career. And I'm like, you got one here, and you played like shit. And if you don't get too many of these, and you didn't get any for a long time here. And this is where these narratives were, like I said, he's still living off this Super Bowl victory. But like I said, the luckiest Super Bowl matchup of all time because we get back to the playoffs, the 2012 wildcard playoffs. They win 24-10. to 10 over the Joe Webb football team. He doesn't look good in this game. Because if... I, I, I will say about this game. If Christian Ponder can play, I, I expect the Vikings to win this game. But... Um, I, it's just... He doesn't play well. And then they get destroyed 45-31 the following week at San Francisco. And... The ESPN and everybody else keeps up with this narrative that Aaron Rodgers is this greatest quarterback. We get to the next year that they start blaming the defense. They start blaming the defense. But guess what? The defense in this loss against San Francisco 49ers only gave up 23 points. When 23 points is is not that much. It's really not. I, 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 I'm sorry, guys. It's it's really not. Now, this 2014 divisional game against the Cowboys, he did uh, get them to win that game. He did play well. I, I will acknowledge this one. He he, he had that sideline side play, and then they uh, got that field goal. So I will acknowledge this win right here. But uh, And then we get to the 2014 NFC Championship game. Now, I will say this game. Yes, the special teams cost Aaron Rodgers a trip to the Super Bowl. Yes and no. Yes, blatantly screwing up that special teams play, but those plays happen. But you have to know that Aaron Rodgers did not play well this game either. Yes, he was partially injured. There is a note to that. But he his, his coach did not have faith in him to make plays in the red zone. And when when your head coach does not have faith in you, that should be glaring because in the further, I'm sorry, but when you're Aaron Rodgers or you're Tom Brady or you're Peyton Manning, your coach should have faith in you to make plays in the red zone, go for it, make it, score the points. And if they would have had more points in that game, the Seattle Seahawks game is not going into overtime and losing 28 to 22. So, uh, 2016. You beat a Kirk Cousins-led Washington Redskins game, Washington Redskins team. That's that's not that impressive to me. That's not. And then the and so you and then you lose an overtime to an Arizona team. Now I understand you're losing twenty six twenty, but the getting to overtime here, your defense. Only gave up 20 points going into overtime, so your defense is playing fine. I I, I don't want to hear about your defense giving up that many points there. So in essence, your offense, you're not giving up enough points there. So that's another playoff loss. So I understand these are teams, but at some point, Tom Brady's team is winning all these games. Aaron Rodgers' team is not winning these games. And at some point, Peyton Manning's... I'm sorry, but when when you're comparing Tom Brady to... Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Tom's winning these games. Aaron is not. And you kind of have to look at the common denominator here. So, 2017, division, sorry, 2016, New York Giants game. I will argue if 
if uh, the Giants, if they actually would have scored early, they wouldn't. But uh, uh, in this game, Aaron did play well. He won this game, 38-13. Dallas Cowboy game, 34-31. They, they did play well in this game, too. Um, uh, the Atlanta Falcon game, uh, there was a fumble early. Uh, he, I will say this, though. Aaron did not play well much. He didn't play well in this game. And then the 2019 divisional game against the 49ers, he didn't play well at all. And then the 2020 um, Tampa Bay game didn't play well at all. Also the 2020 divisional game, I would argue the, the Rams game, he didn't necessarily play the greatest either. So a lot of playoff games where Aaron Rodgers is not playing the, the greatest. And it's just, when is the media going to stop these narratives that he's like this just so such the greatest player of all time when I I look at Tom Brady Peyton Manning John Elway I just oh I just get so frustrated when I like people just act like he's the greatest thing on earth so what do I think the Packers should do I I think the Packers should trade him I I, I think I understand that he he's the biggest asset but when he doesn't want to play with you and it's just going to be a downer on the team, you should just move on. And it, it should be on an AFC team. So if you maybe you could contact the Broncos, Raiders, I, I don't think it should be an NFC team, uh, especially the 49ers. Plus, I kind of think the 49ers kind of shot, shot themselves in the foot, and I'll tell them why here in a little bit. But either way. Kind of went through Aaron Rodgers' playoff career in comparing him to the GOAT and why ESPN should stop their narratives. All right, let's get to the draft. I'll start off with my team, Minnesota Vikings. Their draft confused the hell out of me. Um, They had a lot of holes throughout the entire... uh, As we look through the 2020 season, Kirk Cousins was not the reason for, for the struggles. Uh, the, the defensive injuries, um, the turnover on the defense, the uh, basically kind of mismanaging the offense the first couple games of the year, but getting Justin Jefferson in the latter half of the year, getting him over a thousand yards. So obviously, offensive line needed to be adjusted, defensive line, safety, linebacker, and cornerbacks were kind of the needs. So either way, there was reports that the Vikings wanted to trade up because they wanted an offensive tackle, but they were not really successful on moving up. So that they actually ended up getting the guy they wanted by trading back, and that's what they did. So they picked up an extra third round pick. I was kind of hoping that they were going to trade up into the second round, that they were unable to do that, but uh, we'll see. They uh, are able to uh, pick up a Offensive tackle, Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech. I hope he can start. Uh, that's that's going to be the, the main concern for me if he, he can start day one. Obviously, um, if they're unable to sign Eric Fisher, if he's held, I, I, I kind of hope they can sign Eric Fisher. But if Christian can play day one, he's going to have to because that's uh, going to be the – the offensive line is going to make be the make or break this year for the for the Minnesota Vikings, but uh, Christian's going to have to be the starting point for the whole for the whole team. And then that draft pick was fine. Where I started to get extremely confused was the third round pick, Kellen Mund. Uh, Christian, sorry, um, the quarterback Kirk Cousins is going to be on the Minnesota Vikings for the next two years. Just basically the way they wrote the contract. So, Kalamund is a project quarterback and uh, by year three, if if he's developing, will be the starting quarterback for looks like be the Minnesota Vikings. So, I, I don't know what we're doing here. If the Vikings really believe that he is going to be the quarterback of the future, I, I, I really hope so, but uh when you're reading all the draft guides and everything, he is a project quarterback. And we have had a lot of project quarterbacks the last 15 to 20 years on this team. Uh, We've seen Tavares Jackson. We've seen Christian Ponder. And it's just another, it's hard to see this 
rookie panning out, but we'll have to see. Uh, it's it's it, hopefully they give him time to develop, and uh, we'll we'll get, in the preseason will be the first time that we get to see him. Next pick will be a linebacker, Chaz Surratt. Uh, this obviously is a we went, I was watching the draft coverage was going to be another project. Um, it said that he opted out for the 2020 year. Uh, you can tell that this is going to be probably the replacement for Anthony Barr, who is in the last year of his contract. So hopefully he's able to replace Anthony Barr after that. Then we also picked up a guard, which we need a when you do need a guard going into the uh, uh, 2021 season. Wyatt Davis did not play well in the 2020 season, but uh, could have been a first-round pick in the 2019 season, according to Mel Kuyper. Then we have an uh, edge rusher in the other round three pick. We picked up a running back in round four. I can't pronounce that name, but. Um, when you look at the running back situation, we're pretty full. But uh, when when reading uh, Courtney, Cro- Courtney Cronin's little tidbit on her, she said that this was going to be more of a punt return situation. And that's all because of our, um, our punt return situation was so dreadful this last season. Uh, our next round four pick was cornerback. We do have some issues there because of our Gladney was arrested for uh, assault, felony assault. Uh, Our last round four pick was an edge rusher. Our round five pick was a wide receiver from Iowa. Then we picked up a tight end in our last last round five pick. And then our round six picks was a defensive tackle. So a little bit of a mix there. Uh, We'll have to see what happens going forward. Um... The Vikings, obviously, are going to get a full training camp this year. We're going to get a full preseason. Uh, If Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, I believe the Minnesota Vikings will win the division. We do have the team to do it. It's just a matter of everybody stays healthy. They have to work on getting that number three wide receiver and everything. So uh, it's going to be the the draft picks are going to have to play this season, and they're going to have to learn fast and develop. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, they felt a lot of holes that they needed. Obviously, they had holes in the cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, safety, and running back. They they filled the they filled some defensive holes and linebacker, but I felt that uh, they took a cornerback in the fourth round. But I felt that I think they needed a, oh they took a couple of corners. They did miss some uh, um, O-line help. They did not draft offensive line. So when you watch last season, Kyrie Kyrie Murray was kind of running for his life a lot, and they did not address that issue. So we'll have to see. Maybe, uh, Maybe they're able to, maybe one of their undrafted free agents, or maybe they're, maybe there's some, Maybe another team will cut a player and they're able to pick some up. But uh, either way, Arizona Cardinals, uh, at least they addressed their cornerbacks and their wide receivers issues with their uh, uh, picks. Uh, Atlanta Falcons took Kyle Pitts. That was their biggest, uh, that was their most notable pick was their first rounder. That was, I feel that was basically their biggest need going forward. For Matt Ryan, that's always been his one issue is uh, middle-of-the-field type of passes. You know, when you have Calvin Ridley, you have Julio Jones, but he's never really had a a, a great third option. Uh, That's the one thing the Atlanta offense has needed, so you have that. And then they uh, want to see what the rest of the draft picks pan out. So, Uh, Going to the Ravens, the Ravens... They actually dra- uh, drafted uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher Rashad Bateman, which is something that Lamar Jackson is uh, pretty much needs. Uh, Rashad Bates, ba- Bateman is a very talented wide receiver, just like uh, Tyler Johnson. I think he is more talented than uh, Tyler Johnson, but uh, 
Either way, Rashad Bateman is ready to go. Uh, they had two first-round picks. Their second pick, they picked an edge rusher from Penn State. We'll have to see if he pans out because, obviously, Baltimore is always going to be a little bit second fiddle to Kansas City because of uh, Patrick Mahomes. But um, Baltimore's season is going to go the way of Lamar Jackson, and he needs to elevate himself as a passer. So getting a Rashad Bateman as a wide receiver is going to be able to help him develop as a passer. And I also noted that they picked up his uh, fifth-year option, and that's going to go a long way on securing him to a long-term deal. Now, the Buffalo Bills picked up a edge rusher in round one, Greg Rosaro. Uh, if they're the Buffalo Bills in their playoff game, if they had one issue and that was a pass rush, well, in their first round, two, their first two picks of the draft was defensive ends, and then their, uh, uh, and then after that was offensive tackles. So Buffalo Bills are pretty much set on, as a team. It's just uh, getting a better pass rush moving forward is going to be the way to go. And then getting Josh Allen to make a little bit more accurate throws and also uh, uh, making sure that the uh, coaching staff is a little bit more aggressive going forward. That also would help too. So uh, Carolina Panthers, obviously they got Sam Darnold. So uh, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, Terrence Marshall Jr. But before that, they made a very... I, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, clearly, they drafted a cornerback in, in round number one. That was extremely confusing because um, I, I said this in my preview of the draft. They need wide receivers. Now, like I said, I understand that they drafted one in the second round, but you should be drafting one in round one. And I, I just I get frustrated with the Carolina Panthers. It doesn't seem to change no matter who the owner is who the GM is, who the head coach is. But if you are a part of the Carolina Panthers organization, you don't care about your quarterback, uh, when, uh, about weapons, and you just treat them like crap because, yeah. So, all right, moving on from the Panthers because that's just they just irritate the living daylights out of me. Looking at the Bears draft, they um, moved up to draft Justin Fields. Justin Fields uh, dropped a little bit. Um, There's a couple of quarterbacks dropped, Mac Jones and uh, Justin Fields. But the Bears felt uh, good enough to move up to get him. Uh, Wanted to see what what happens to Justin Fields because a lot of people were clamoring him to go to the 49ers. But obviously that did not happen. Justin Fields ha- does have an extremely a lot of talent, uh, but uh, Buffalo Bills, sorry, the Buffalo Bills, the uh, Chicago Bears, they do have some wide receiver issues in the long run, and they are just getting out of some quarterback purgatory for decades long of that hellhole. So it's going to take some time for Justin Fields to develop in the um, him moving forward, uh, obviously they're going to be up against an aging defense because even though you might be getting Justin Fields developed, the defense for the Chicago Bears is going to be getting old. Uh, they also did um, draft offensive tackles and a guard, so they did go young there, and they also drafted an fresh running back and wide receiver, so they did address some other issues for the Bears, but like I said, they may be getting uh, some youth movement on the offense, but like I said, the uh, the um, the uh, defense, like Khalil Mack and everything, is going to be getting old. So the Bengals, uh, they, I'm confused. Uh, you you think that you'd want to you think you would want to draft a guard or a tackle? For Joe Burrow after his torn ACL, but they elect to draft a wide his wide receiver from college, Jamar Chase, which is awesome. If 
that's awesome if you want him to be able to throw the ball, it, but he's not going to have time. And I understand the round two pick was a guard from Clemson, Jackson Carmen. Awesome. But he's not going to have time to throw to that individual because he's going to be killed again. And that's, I have a hard time with this one. Jamai Chase might be the greatest greatest wide receiver of all time, but if, if Joe Burrow is not healthy enough to throw him the ball, it, it's realistically not going to matter. So I think the Bengals had a very frustrating draft for me, and also the the Bengals' defense is also very terrible as well. So that's just another reason why I, uh, I just I don't know what the Bengals were doing. The Browns, the Browns uh, focused on their defense on the draft. They drafted a lot of defense by their cornerback, linebacker, defensive tackle. Drafted a couple of wide receivers, but when you have Odo Beckham, it's and if he's able to incorporate himself into the offense a little better, I don't know. They kind of had a weird. Uh, the Browns kind of have a, a, a little bit of a weird draft, but we'll see what happens going into twenty twenty one. Cowboys really wanted some cornerbacks, but right in front of them, cornerbacks were selected, so they elected to um, drop back in the draft. So they uh, uh, drafted Micah Parsons as a linebacker uh, at pick 12. They uh, picked up a cornerback in round two and round three, and then they, they focused a lot on defense in this draft because their offense was for the Cowboys was not the problem in 2020 when uh, Dak Prescott was healthy. Their uh, their defense was the problem. So we'll have to see what happens in if any of these draft picks pan out. Uh, the Denver Broncos announced that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are going to battle for the starting quarterback position. But when coming to their draft, uh, they drafted a cornerback in round one. That confused some people because uh, a few draft people thought they were going to go in a different direction. Um, they drafted running back Javante Williams in round two. They drafted the center in round three. They kind of went a little bit all over the place just to addra- address different needs. But the Broncos are going to go wherever, basically, the quarterbacks take them. And also, they're going up against Patrick Mahomes, so you better hope the quarterbacks play much better the lions a lot of people thought um i think the lions had a smart draft because uh there are some wide receivers out there on the board and some draft experts experts thought that the lions were going to go for some uh wide receivers but the lions actually made a smart pick and they went offensive tackle uh and uh i felt that was one of the smartest picks that the lions have made in a long time lions did not go splashy uh, their first three picks were offensive tackle, defensive tackle, defensive tackle, and cornerback. They didn't pick a wide receiver until round four. So maybe with new direction from a new head coach, they um, are heading in the right direction in terms of actually making smart decisions. Now, as a Viking fan, I may I may not want to see that, but I don't know. Also, you could also see that maybe Matt Patricia let the covered bear so they need to redevelop in their line and um, both lines. So we'll see. Uh, Green Bay Packers obviously probably didn't make Aaron Rodgers happy when they selected uh, cornerback uh, Eric Stokes, number one cornerback. But obviously the Packers, one of the Packers' issues over the last few years has always been, or, well, always been their defense since their Super Bowl run. Uh, they picked a center in round two. They picked Amari Rodgers from Clemson in round three, so that's going to make at least Aaron Rodgers, if he stays, a little bit happy. Uh, They addressed their line uh, in round two and round four, and then worked uh, in round six and a new um, running back in round seven. So they were a little bit all over the place uh, in their draft, but at least they tried to address some defensive holes and their offensive line issues because um, they had some... uh, Issues there this offseason, or sorry, uh, some injuries occurred in the middle of the year for that. Houston Texans, they only had five draft picks because of the previous head coach's mismanagement of the draft. So they didn't have a pick until round three, which they drafted David Mills. And then um, 
there's not much to say about the uh, Houston Texans draft because, uh, th- yeah, that's about it. Uh, Colts? Colts really, uh, since they have Carson Wentz now, they kind of really have kind of a quiet draft. Um, they uh, picked up, an, they focused on their defense for the th- first two picks, which that's pretty much what you're expecting. And then uh, tight end in round four. And then uh, just whatever you need to fill in the back half of their draft. Uh, Colts are going to focus on getting Carson Wentz mentally better the rest of the year. And then Jacksonville Jaguars had the first pick of the draft. So their first pick went to Trevor Lawrence. And then they also picked a running back, Travis uh, Inidin. I'm terrible with names today. Uh, and then they round two, they went with a cornerback, Tyson Campbell. And then they also went with Walker Little, offensive, offensive tackle from Stanford. So uh, the rebuilding project from Jacksonville is starting. Obviously, working offensive line is somewhere Jacksonville needs to do. And But if they want Trevor Lawrence to succeed, they need to get him some wide receivers. So hopefully... Uh, in the upcoming free agency for 2023 and 2024, any heck, even 2022, they're able to sign some players. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, right before the draft, they made a big trade to upgrade their offensive line. That's something they needed to do. So obviously, with that trade, they weren't able. They did not have any first-round picks, so they didn't have any pick until round two. They addressed their linebacker position by drafting Nick Bolden. Then they uh, drafted for their uh, round two their offensive line by a center, and then they focused on their defensive line in round four. So we'll see w- if they make the team or not, uh, their future draft picks and all that. Uh, Chargers, uh, first round pick went to their offensive line, and then uh, Asante Samuel Jr., who they, some people thought maybe would have went in a late first round, but he went in the uh, second round. To the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we all know about his father playing for the New England Patriots. Uh, Josh Palmer, wide receiver from Tennessee, went in round number three to the Chargers. Los Angeles Rams, they did not have a first-round pick, but they spent their second-round pick on a wide receiver. Their third-round pick went as linebacker and then a defense and quarterback. The Rams, because of due to their high cap numbers, everywhere else rely on their rookies to make sure they're hits. Uh, next team will be the Los Angeles Raiders. Raiders are confusing everywhere. Uh, according to all the draft pickers, pickers, uh, Alex Leatherwood was offensive tackle from Alabama. Was kind of a stretch. Not really sure on that, but uh, according to a lot of them, that was a stretch for them. And then uh, the rest of them were kind of, everybody was just scratching their heads on the Raiders draft picks. But uh, that's where they're at for their head coach. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Jalen Widow for wide receiver. Uh, He was the uh, best wide receiver for Alabama. Uh for him, it's all about developing Tua. Uh, Tua did uh, obviously he struggled for a lot of the end of game situations, so that's why they had Ryan Fitzpatrick come in. So Jalen Waddle is going to be getting him, uh, making sure that Tua develops, and that's something that a smart team like Miami Dolphins is going to do. New England Patriots didn't have to trade up or trade down. Mac Jones fell to him. Obviously, I think Cam Newton is going to be the starter for 2020, for 2021 at some point. But if Cam's not playing well and the team's not playing well, Mac Jones will come in. And then the rest of the team, uh, round two and round three picks were defensive picks, which... Um, a lot of the opt-out players are coming back for the Patriots. The so Patriots should be a better team, but I don't. I think the Buffalo Bills will win that division, no matter if, who is going back for the uh, Patriots. Uh, Saints. Saints had an okay draft. Uh, they picked the defensive. Vet, virtually the Saints, their, their first three picks were all defense. They had to replenish their defense. Ian Book, the quarterbacks, 
starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He looks solid in some games, but uh, he, he looks to be more of a uh, long-term project. If he's going to be any good at all, he went in round four. That was the most notable. Uh, we'll see if he uh, if uh, the Saints head coach can do anything with with him. The New York, uh, New York Giants, they went with wide receiver Tony from Florida. There was a first-round pick. Then they went with uh, three straight defensive players after that. Uh, we'll see if the Giants can address any of their offensive line issues, which they uh, considerably had. The Jets went with a quarterback for their first pick, Zach Wilson. That was the second pick of the draft. That was pretty predictable. Um, and then they went with a guard for their second. Well, that was another round pick, first round pick, Tucker. Uh, they traded up with Minnesota for that pick and then their second round pick was was Elijah Moore and then they got a new running back they, so they replenished their quarter their guard quarterback wide receiver and running back position that was realistically holes that they needed to do as a team and then they focused on their defense uh the latter half of their draft picks so the Jets are in full rebuilding mode Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the first pick of the draft was Devontae Smith from Alabama. And then after that, it was kind of just filling needs as a team. Obviously, the Carson Wentz trade hurts him as a cap space, so I don't know how competitive that they are going to be the remaining part of the year. The Steelers uh, drafted a running back. A lot of people are questioning that decision. They don't care about other people's opinions, apparently, because they draft per what they need. And they do need a running back because that was something that they struggled with during the season. And Najee Harris from Alabama is a need that they need to fix. So and then they drafted uh, tight end, which is a hole that they're missing because uh, Jesse James and obviously gone a couple years ago. And um, I'm having a brain fart on who was on the team. This past year, but he retired. So, and then they uh, drafted a bunch of offensive line players because uh, with the cap room issues and Big Ben redoing his contract, they need some replenish some issues. Then we get to the 49ers. The 49ers' first pick was Trey Lance. Obviously, they kind of led to the point of maybe it was going to be Mac Jones, but they kind of misled people, and it was Trey Lance. Trey Lance was a Division II prospect from North Dakota State. And I, I, I honestly don't know about this pick. This, this, is, a, this is confusing. And th this is real, really confusing because I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. And unless you feel that this guy is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo... I would just stay with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's, who's led you to a Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. But obviously, that these guys are paid the big bucks, and I, this could be a massive, massive mistake. But I, I don't know. Obviously, the current regime in San Francisco are more built on the running game when everyone's healthy and just make plays to your star tight end. And a few, there's not really a star wide receiver on the 49ers. So you're really, it's not like a wide receiver based offense at the moment. It's more of a tight end based offense. But I, I don't know. Pissing off Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting a second tier Division II quarterback as the third pick of the draft. I, 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 I don't know about that one. That, that one's that one's a very confusing pick by the 49ers. Seattle Seahawks, with their offseason drama with their quarterback, only had three picks in the draft. They went wide receiver, cornerback, and offensive tackle. So that was not improving their defense at all. So that's going to be... I don't know how the Seahawks are going to be any good at all. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really had uh, it. They really had not much to do because they re-signed their entire offense. So 
They basically re get depth every year. Get depth this year. Uh, first round pick was an edge rusher and Joe Tyron. Uh, round two pick was quarterback Kyle Trask, who had a solid year in Florida. The thing about him is just basically uh, learn behind Tom Brady for the next few years, and then maybe elevate yourself to a starting quarterback or elevate yourself to a backup quarterback. So it's going to be up to him there. Uh, offense tackle, wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback, and linebacker was the rest of their draft picks. Uh, two more teams left. Tennessee Titans, uh, they drafted cornerback, offensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback. I think the Tennessee Titans was like the most least talk about team in a draft. Didn't really notice them at all. They really didn't make any noticeable tick picks. And same with the Washington football team. They picked a linebacker, offensive tackle, and then uh, I guess they picked a golfer, Benjamin St. Just. That, that was about it. So outside of that, um, when it comes to the NFL draft, it was awesome to see people at the, at the draft. It was awesome to see the commissioner, even though the boos happened. I, people booed. Not a big deal to me there. I think the chair thing was different. My only complaint about the, the whole draft thing in general, it was more, can, can we get this thing going? Because I thought the thing was supposed to start at 7. And then the first like opening, it just drug on and on and on and on and on. But um, overall, it was awesome to see the draft. I saw the ratings. The ratings were uh, higher than the Oscars. So that, that was good to see. So um, moving on, uh, when it comes to the NFL... The schedule release is uh, coming out May 12th, so when that happens, I will go, at least I'll go through the uh, Minnesota Vikings schedule, so um, I'll have that to go through, which I'm excited to go, I always love to go through the Minnesota Vikings schedule, so I can at least go through the wins and losses there. It's the first time that the NFL will go to a 17-week schedule. Ooh cannot wait either way uh thank you for all of your time here um it's already 9 30 my time so my next two podcasts uh titan season one season two and then the falcon and winter soldier review will be my next couple podcasts up to do um everybody thank you for your time and listening see ya